0: So do you wanna do you wanna make a podcast?
1: Um
0: yeah. Um what should we call this podcast? Aaron
1: talks. Aaron Talks.
0: Uh Okay. So I have two I have two uh options.
1: Hey, like anyway. Two
0: uh different things you can choose to learn about today. To
1: talk about got
0: it. Sure. So, option one, German peasant revolt and the takeover of the city of Münster, um, and then a bunch of Anabaptists get their uh, genitals nailed to the side of a church.
1: Oh, yes! Nailed genitals, please.
0: Sign Genital me up. To sign, to sign up to be nailed or to do the... Um, so we're going to go with that. We're going to talk about that. Cool, cool.
1: Hi, welcome to You Should Care About This.
0: In which I, John, older brother and history nerd, try to convince
1: Erin, younger sister, not
0: history nerd, to care about Christian history by telling mostly true stories of people's revolts and revolutionary movements. Uh, so, so what do you know about the Protestant Reformation?
1: Yes. So, Martin Luther. Is that the right one, or is that the wrong one?
0: I mean, he's a character. He's definitely a character in the Protestant Reformation. It's okay. hard to talk about it without talking about him.
1: He had a problem with the Catholic Church, and he nailed 95 feces to their door and said, I'm out, and he took a bunch of his friends and left because they wanted to kill him. How much
0: of that is true? That's, a, that's pretty spot on. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, you, you did a good great. job. You did a good job. Um, Should we just call that a day, then? That's the whole podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, You're welcome, folks.
0: So, okay, so that's that's Martin Luther. Great.
1: Yes. Is that the Protestant Reformation, or is that the Lutheran something?
0: I mean, yes, it is the Protestant Reformation, out of which we get the Lutherans, which they may not want to be referred to as the Lutheran somethings. But anyway, so I don't want to start there. Martin Luther is sort of like step F in the process. I want to start with uh, the Black Plague. okay. Mice. Great, great. Yes. Mice. Uh, disease. Bring out your dead. I'm not dead yet. I'm really, I'm doing better. I'm feeling much better.
1: Yep, yep, uh, yep. I've, uh, seen that,
0: I've seen that one. Right. Yes, yes. So, so we have this idea that the Middle Ages were all just sort of the same, right? People just, I like, have that out. idea. They lived for some amount of short amount of years and they were covered in filth and then they died and they were all Catholic. Yeah. Um, some of that is true, right? Some of it is true that, like, Life was uh, difficult, and people did not live a whole long time, and there were a lot of diseases, and many people were probably covered in filth. And some of them Um, were Catholic. And some of them were Catholic. Um, But some of them were not Catholic, and some of them were like, I don't really know how I feel about this Catholicism thing. And there was also a lot of constant change. There were uh, brand-new monastic orders that get created, and then a bunch of people get declared heretics, and then there were, like, crusades, and then people were, like, Killing all the Muslims, except the Muslims were winning a lot of the battles, and there were like whole groups of, uh, like peasants in revolt all the time, and like lots of, uh, royalty killing each other. It's actually, there's a lot of things happening in the midst of all this, uh, mass. Uh, there's, there's serfdom, right? What yes, yes, you know yes. What do yes. you, know, you know about serfdom?
1: Uh, it's like a triangle, like the food pyramid, except it's not carbs on the bottom, it's serfs. <laughs>
0: And you're supposed to consume a certain number of serfs every day? I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, in in the sense that there's like there's like royalty on the top and there are serfs on the bottom, and there's like knights in the middle. I don't know what your triangle looks like.
1: Um, well the the rich people the rich people are on the top.
0: Uh huh.
1: The royalty are, and then there's oh man, I have to think about uh, my sixth grade textbook with Miss Powell. Yeah. Um,
0: really.
1: Then there's the slightly less rich people. Sure. And then we go all the way down, and then the surface are at the bottom.
0: Right, right. I think one of the things that's, that's, that's uh, unique, though, about surface, like you could also just use that pyramid for, say, like contemporary capitalism, right? There's like a few elites. There's some amount of people who are like variously like professional middle class, lower middle class, and then it's like a lot of people who are working class yeah. um, and poor, and that's, and that's capitalism. Yes, yeah. One of the things about, about <laughs> serfdom that is unique is people aren't paid wages. So a whole, whole, whole large percentage of people in Europe work land that they don't really own. Uh, okay. And they're not really paid in wages. Um, they work on land owned by these lords. But one of the things that gives a lot of power is the Black Death. So yeah. there's a massive chunk taken out of the European population, yeah. uh, a massive bite taken out of it by some rats, as it were. So what happens if uh, there are like a certain number of jobs that needed to be filled as serfs, uh, and suddenly there are less serfs to fill those jobs, and those serfs have demand? What happens is you can't just go find other serfs to replace the angry serfs. You know, if a group of serfs get together and say, hey, we demand that you, like, give us these rights, you give us this power, you give us, like, um, more control over what we're doing, or we're going to leave, the Lord is, like, kind of shit out of luck, right? Right. Kind of like, well, I can't just go find some more serfs because the serfs are all dead. So it increases the bargaining power of the serfs, right? Right. Um, This has, like, massive ripple effects all across the, like... 1400s, 1500s, one of the big things that that peasants and serfs do to protest and resist like being made to work really, really long hours or like not getting fairly compensated with land other things, is they would just disappear into the woods. And There were these huge swaths of land that were known as the commons. They were Uh collectively held by lords but also really managed by no one and so you know, a whole group of people would just like disappear in the woods for a few, a few years. Oh! And it's like live in the woods and like grow food in the woods, and like if some knights came in after them, they would move to a different part of the woods. And you, what are you going to do? You know, you come yeah. out when you, you come out when your lord has met your demands, um, or not.
1: Oh my gosh, it's like shrek.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So they pulled they pulled the shrek strategy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got you. Well, it wasn't shrek. It was the the fairytale But that's okay. Keep going.
0: Yeah, it's been a while for me since I saw the movie. Strategy two um, is like resistance in the workplace. Serfs would show up to work late. They would refuse to go to work. They would work really slowly. Um, there's this story from England in the 1400s, uh, 1500s of a whole bunch of peasants who are trying to uh, win some demands from their lord. So the lord says, great, what you have to do, your task for this week, is to move all of the grain that you've cut down, from the field into the barn. And the peasants say, great, we can do that, uh, but your, your instructions didn't say anything about a wheelbarrow, so we're gonna move them one stick of wheat at a time. One Why? stock at a time. And that might take us, I don't know, about 40 years. But we're just doing what we're told. They so we did what's called work to rule. They followed the rules very strictly and made work very, very, very inefficient. Yeah. Um, Third option, people would move to cities. The cities are getting a lot bigger at this time. And one of the things that happens is in these cities that are coming together, um, this is a time period where there are actually a lot of women doctors um, and women in in professional jobs. Okay. Um, There were rules that, like, uh, only women were allowed to perform C-sections. The city of Frankfurt in Germany hired, like, 16 women doctors over the course of the 14th century and also instituted like citywide healthcare. So they had socialized medicine performed by women in the, in the 14th century. Classic. Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. So, so this is our setup. This is like what's happening before the Protestant reformation. And at the same time, there's all these, you know, struggles around what the church is, who's a part of the church, um, you know, the selling of um, indulgences, right?
1: Yep, 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 yep. Do you
0: remember the selling of indulgences? What's the selling of indulgences?
1: Uh, bad. It bad. means that you get to go to heaven because you have money.
0: Yeah, or you get to spend less time in price. Less time
1: in purgatory. Less time in price, I said it first.
0: You win yeah. a uh, price. And then what we, we get is more or less an explosion at the start of the 1500s.
1: Beow, 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 beow. That's where you put putting your air horns down.
0: That that was it. That was great. That was a good air horn sound, um, and so all of these these peasants who are starting to to have greater and greater uprisings. Um, so this culminates in in Germany in what's known as the Peasants War, the German Peasants War, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. Okay. It's where a bunch of German peasants rose up against all of the various lords of the various small German kingdoms. Yep, I follow. Uh, Right. So so here's the problem, though. So German peasants are, like, trying to organize. They, like, really believe in equality. They're, like, trying to be about gender equality, trying to be about, like, overthrowing the elite and, like, uh, getting back property that belongs to them or maybe, like, abolishing the concept of property. So they're running their army non-hierarchically. Okay. So, like, say you're going into battle, and you're facing off against, like, a bunch of knights from your neighboring lord. The peasants would are. gather in a circle and try to decide via consensus how they would fight the battle. Right. Not, but, not time efficient. It, it works horribly. And, like, a couple hundred thousand peasants get killed. The, you know, so the takeaway from this is, like, sometimes you need efficient decision-making structures And you need something that's going to work better than, like, your spokes council or your consensus-based meeting. Right. Great, right? So the German Peasants War goes terribly for the peasants. Um, and, And it's all part of this big backlash that happens when elites are like, crap, if we don't do something, these peasants and these workers in these cities are going to rise up and they're actually going to, like, defeat us and they're going to take back all the land and all the new factories and all the churches, and then uh, we're going to have equality and we can't be happy with that.
1: Yeah, I so, know. That would suck.
0: Yeah. So, so there's sort of a, a, a three-pronged strategy that the elites use. And it was
1: um,
0: Strategy one is everything, get, everything gets privatized. Aha. So all of those big public lands that the peasants would just disappear into those all get enclosed. People start, um, the rich start building, they start fencing off all this land they say I own this, you own that. Everything gets privatized. So, everything gets privatized. Um, that public healthcare they had in Frankfurt, that gets abolished. Women's
1: doctors, not uh, for another 600 years.
0: Basically, yeah. So, so, first thing first, it's called the Great Confinement. Everything gets privatized and closed. Uh, everything has to be owned by someone in particular. Nothing can be owned by the collective. Nothing can be owned by a city or by, you know, a group of people. Um, and that leads to to yes, you're absolutely right. That leads to the abolition of women doctors, of women in a lot of leadership positions, um, and it generally leads to an increase in violence against women. This is the start of witch hunts. So there yeah. have there's always been a tradition of witchcraft in Europe, goes back thousands of years, this is the first, one of the first times that churches go, ooh, we don't like witches. Um, churches did not generally have a big problem with witches until they had a problem with peasant revolts. And so they use the threat of witchcraft and they soak up fear of witchcraft to get peasants to start attacking, uh, get male peasants to start attacking women, basically. Uh, okay. That's and it. say, you can't have women doctors because that's witchcraft and that's Satan. Um, and this becomes a whole industry of killing thousands and thousands of women.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, third strategy um, is increased violence against migrant workers. So okay. Peasants who might pick up and leave and move to another part of the country or a different part of Europe to um, find a better job.
1: Uh-huh. You know they, they,
0: had, they had this power because there weren't a lot of Surfs and so they could had more bargaining power, um, places start passing these different laws saying, uh, actually, you can't come from over there and come over here and have a job. That's not acceptable. That makes you – you're a foreigner, and we'll, like, beat you up and throw you in jail. Uh right. So these three things, this is what creates capitalism. So it's going to go from sense. serfdom to capitalism.
1: Yeah.
0: It turns yeah. out it's bad. Turns out bad. Turns out bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these things may still seem to be elements of capitalism today. Oh, yes. no. Huh. Yes. Um, so you may ask yourself. This is what may I video. ask myself? Okay. Uh, I was, I was going to make a song reference. Um, oh, I wasn't going uh, to call and response. But anyway, keep going. No, you're doing well. So we're still learning how to podcast. So you may ask yourself what this has to do with church history. What does this have to do with church history, Aaron? Great. Thanks you for asking. Other. Wait. Does this make me the other part of Aaron?
1: Um, well, no. I'm. I just might ask myself that. But what would my answer be?
0: <laughs> um, your answer might be hypothetically that one of the things that happens when there are these wide-scale uh, uprisings of peasants, when there are people moving and mixing, where peasants are. Uh, experimenting with different forms of decision making and when there's suddenly a printing press and ideas are able to get spread around more quickly.
1: Gutenberg. With more people
0: reading Gutenberg prints the Bible among other things. Is you get a whole explosion of new religious ideas and new religious communities. Yes. So again, this is like the Middle Ages. There's lots of things happening. There's always new religious movements, but the Protestant Reformation like turns it up to a left. Yeah. Yeah, which we know is loud as intent. One more. Yeah, so, so Martin Luther does mail 95 theses to the door of a church, does sort of ask gently for some reform. But one of the reasons that he's successful besides the fact that he is just like an incredibly determined, very, very anxious person who's like so, 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 so concerned about being right that yeah. like, he is just willing to wreck himself to prove the point uh, is that he's instituting a, a reform that could actually support local lords in his area to get some power. They're like, oh, what if we all decided to be Lutherans? Then we wouldn't have to be Catholics. Then we could sort of break away. Huh, this is convenient for us.
1: Wait, why don't they want to be Catholics?
0: Well, they don't want to keep giving their money to Italy. They don't want to, like, maybe have to, you know, be in agreement with this whole. Holy Roman Empire thing that's happening. Um, but, like, it, yeah, it, it gives them some power and legitimacy, and it gives, a, like, an ideology for people to organize behind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, Luther is, I don't know. I, I'm i sure there are lots of people who think that the story of Martin Luther is fascinating. There are way, way, way more fascinating things that happen, like the Cathars, in France, which is like tens and hundreds of thousands of people who decide that if you're really, really going to follow Jesus, you're going to become vegan and a pacifist. Yep. Um, yeah, and they also the early abol- history. Yeah, well, they also abolish marriage. So they uh, they went all out on it. Again, if you're a vegan and pacifist, uh, you don't do well in battle, and you don't <laughs> do well when the knights come to kill your people. Um, the iron levels were a little too low. And you're pacifists. Oh yeah, sorry, there's not true. <laughs> I was not just vegans. Uh, I wasn't disparaging pacifists. I was just pointing out that we often lose wars. Because um, of anemia. For, for, okay. <laughs> um, I have a uh, point to make here. Apparently. About hemoglobin. I, I don't know what why you what you have against vegans. Nothing, as long
1: as they take their iron supplement. Moving on. Yeah, so, we are got sidetracked.
0: So, so there, are these, there are these movements like the Cathars, there are the Lutherans, um, there are other people who begin promoting this like, really, really dangerous idea that people should maybe read their Bibles for themselves. Mm. The, into the midst of this, there's a group of people uh, born out of these peasant uprisings who say, hey, we should take the Bible, we should read it as a community, make a, we should be able to decide what it means as a community, um, and then people should be able to join a religious community once they understand fully and deeply what the faith means and what it means to follow Jesus. And then when they're adults and they know that, they can be baptized, or maybe. Uh, and now They an- their time.
1: The and that, an- an-
0: an- an- yeah, and that, and then then Right. Yes. Yes. And thus we have the Anabaptists, the rebaptizers, who are born out of these these peasant movements. And this desire to sort of wrestle the faith away from the elites and discover what it means to actually do the things that they believe are in the Bible, that we believe are in the Bible. I'm a little biased here, obviously.
1: Okay, so now I might be asking myself, what does this have to do with nailing genitals to a door?
0: Yes, yes. So the Anabaptists, a lot, some Anabaptists participated in these peasant wars, peasant, German peasant war, other peasant uprisings, and didn't didn't go didn't go so well. Out of this, a lot of folks go back to their Bibles and go, Mm, it seems that, that Jesus didn't pick the violent uprising strategy. So therefore we're not going to, and we're going to continue to believe these things and do these things, but not engage in, in violent resistance. Um this is where we get lots of Anabaptists getting massacred in large numbers by the thousands. I mean, they were getting that's massacred before, look. but they were getting massacred like with a sword in their hand. and Now they're getting massacred without a sword in their hand. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, sort of one, you know. Six of one, ten dozens of another. That's definitely not the thing. So uh, that's an approach that a lot of folks take, and that's the approach that this guy named Menno Simons takes. I've heard your he ar- beard. Ar- argues very vehemently that people should, if you read the Bible well, A, you'll get baptized as an adult once you understand all the little things, and B, uh, you will uh, be nonviolent. However, there is another group of Anabaptists who take a slightly different approach, and at the tail end of, of these peasant wars, they um, go to the city of, of Munster, uh-huh. like, like the cheese, Okay. And they they take it over. And um, they take over the city of Munster. I actually need to pause for a brief second and. Uh, thank our sponsors. Uh, man, I really. Do you have? Do you would you like to thank a sponsor right now?
1: Um, well, I like to thank the soup that I'm about to eat, and whenever this is done, because it okay. will be good for me.
0: Yes. Yes. Soup is Amen. good. Amen. Um, that was more of a prayer than a sponsorship. Um uh, so, so interesting thing, I had to look this up. I just had to pause and look this up. So this group of Anabaptists go in and they actually win, like, they're the local city council elections, because they won the local city council elections uh-huh. in Munster. And then they say, hot surprise, we won local city council elections, we're, uh, taking over and declaring theocracy a new, like, religious order, we're gonna turn this city into sort of the truest reflection of what we think the kingdom of God looks like. And what does it look so far? like? Well, so so first things first, they establish um, an agreement. So they're in the city, right? So they're so the urban folks. They establish an agreement with some local peasants that they're going to be cooperating. One of the things they do is they go in and they start uh, looking at the the records of, of who owns what and begin to sort of systematically abolish private property in the area. Good. Yes. So that's sort of step one in establishing a quote-unquote new Jerusalem is like rich people don't get to keep their stuff anymore. They have to share with everyone else. Abolish private property. Right. Good. This doesn't play well with the rich. I don't know if you uh, know this about rich people, but they like to keep hold of their things. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, they also kicked out all the religious leaders, and then they kicked out the rich people after they took their stuff. Um, so a bunch of, of lords in the greater area are like, cool, we're going to band all of our forces together, and we're going to come take the city back. Uh, and they set up a siege of the city of Munster um, to try to take it back. So they're, they're, they're sieging them there, and they're going back and forth, and they're trying to protect uh trying to protect the city and protect this like egalitarian vision and then they make uh, kind of a kind of a bad mistake where they so first so one of their another initial proposals was we're going to abolish we're going to take out the rich and the religious leaders the pastors and such um, and we're going to redistribute the things and we're also then going to abolish marriage uh-huh. potentially good potentially good oh they also like went around and like destroyed a bunch of stuff in the cathedrals and the monasteries um and, you know, they say all property is held in common. There is no private property. And then they extend that um, to including women as property that is held in common by men.
1: Like they're saying that women are not held in property, are not property, or they're saying that they can destroy
0: women women are property. This the second one. Uh,
1: um more problematic. Yeah.
0: Or, or they abolish marriage and then basically switch it over to polygamy. And so... John of Layden, um, who's like 25 when this happens, uh, uh, decides that uh, polygamy is good, and he takes uh, 16 wives. He beheads one woman for refusing to marry him, maybe. They're not actually sure if he did that or not, but people said he did. Sort of throws the gender equality thing out the window pretty seriously. Yeah,
1: um, not, not a good book.
0: Which – fundamentally undermines the sense of solidarity in the city. Suddenly yeah. women are like, hey, this is no longer my revolution. I don't want to be part of this. And, this, you know, this is not my vision of the kingdom of God. I don't remember this part of the gospel. And then um, men are all, you know, fighting over women and otherwise, like, not doing the thing. So the city falls. The lords retake the city. What happens is John of Leyden and several other prominent Anabaptist leaders are imprisoned and brutally tortured and then their bodies are uh, put in cages and hung from the steeple of the local church and their generals are cut off and nailed to the side of the church.
1: So All's well that is well.
0: Yes. Here we are. We've made it to generals nailed to the side of the church. Yeah. And this is in many ways. The last gasp of the peasants' war. The last attempt, large-scale attempt by peasants to take over an area and institute a really, really equal and democratic vision of society that, uh, doesn't involve elites holding everything, um, and it's like based on what they understand the Bible to be. And it is ruined because because of men. Because, yeah. because of because of the patriarchy. The patriarchy wrecked the revolution.
1: Not the first time and not the last.
0: Not the first time and not the last time. This, Yeah, this becomes a big argument for Menno Simons and others saying, like, maybe violence is not the best strategy. Maybe it's not biblical and also is, like, just going to end up with our genitals nailed to churches. Thus begins the many hundred-year-long history of most Anabaptists being pacifist. There's a small piece of church history.
1: I had heard of the cheese, and now I know about the church history that goes into it.
0: I don't think it's related to the cheese.
1: Oh, I think I don't think the history is. I'm sure that the city is, though. But...
0: Maybe. I don't even know that.
1: Oh, well.
0: Hang on, hang on, hang on. Where does... Where does...
1: As John is Googling this, I'll go over this for the folks sure. at home one more time. So the TLDR, too, long, did not read version of this, sounds like one time there was not capitalism and things seemed to be going pretty well, except for the people who are rich, because capitalism works best for those who are rich. And then they decided to try capitalism, and it worked out well for the rich people and not well for the other people. So then the, quote-unquote, other people, as I just labeled it, decided to try something different. But they still did the patriarchy thing, which is why they failed, and then they got their dicks cut off. How'd I do?
0: That's perfect. Uh, yeah, you're Munster's from the region where the city is. That's close. Yeah. Cool. We did it. You. Cool. All right. I need I need to go. I need to eat some pizza. You need to eat some soup.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Have a good life.
0: You too. Drive safe tomorrow.
1: Bye.
0: Bye.